up, what's up for another episode of Black and White Men Talking, episode two. And as we promised, we will be breaking down the fun, the police from a black and white man's perspective tonight. So hopefully you can join the conversation. I do want to, uh, some of you, whether you're listening to this in your car or watching us on YouTube, uh, take notes. I want you to have your own discussions with others and have a lot of black and white men talking conversations around this issue. And hopefully we can spark some stuff tonight. Hopefully we can stir up some things. And Dave and I are really good at stirring up stuff and getting into trouble. But but let me give you a couple of housekeeping things out of out of out of get a couple of housekeeping things taken care of first. I am Leslie Peters and I'm joined by my colleague Dave Wadsworth. And so a um, couple of things. You can find our podcast. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Breaker, Listen Notes. Just about anywhere there's a podcast, you can find us, Black and White Men Talking. So, we got the house out of the way. Let's get into it. Dave, Dave, how are you doing today? Leslie, I tell you what, I am fantastic today, but I think I'm going to get better. I think you're going to get better, man. I, how do you get better than fantastic? <laughs> I don't know, but I'm going to work on it. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> sounds good, sounds good. But hey, look, you know, as we always do, straight to no chaser, we're going to get right into it, and I'm going to just start off creating trouble right away. You got any problem with that? Getting in trouble? Oh, I'm good at getting in trouble. Just ask my wife. <laughs> well, we're going to do, in the words of the late uh, John Lewis, uh, Representative John Lewis, we're going to get in good trouble. We're going to get in good trouble, and that's what we do here. And black and white men talking and so what i want to want to do is when you first heard the words define the police what went through your mind in my mind um i thought well defund the police and and i have you have to go back into a context and i'm thinking if we defund the police uh what's going to happen you know where if we don't have police or we cut out police, is that going to be a good thing or a bad thing? And of course, there, <laughs> there's some police. Uh, one, my big thing is get rid of bad apples and don't be afraid to do that. Um, but yeah, when I heard defund the police, I thought, wow, that seems like a kind of like a, a knee jerk reaction. Uh, something that's like, yeah, they're all bad. Let's get rid of them. And it's like, well, wait a minute, or, or at least pair them back quite a bit. And, um, I just, um, I don't know. It, it bothered me to be honest with you. It's like, well, Hey, let's, let's look at this and let's see what the facts are. And that's the thing with me, Leslie, uh, so many times we see things, events that happen and we get emotional. And our first reaction is, is maybe not the best reaction. And you know, that as being a husband, sometimes you, you kind of go off half cocked and all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, Marcia did not mean to say, or, or, you know, do what she did. And, and you get pretty excited pretty quick. And, and until you get all the facts, you don't understand, well, maybe she's dealing with something you didn't know about. So I, I think we need to be careful. Um, I'm going to tell you a quick story. Here's what I thought about. When my son Adam was born years ago, he a little bitty thing. And he, um, he, uh, my wife, uh, you've heard the term throwing out the baby with the bathwater. Okay. Well, my wife got this little tub thing and she set it on the counter in the kitchen. 
and she stuck my little boy in there, you know, and that's how she gave him a bath up there on the counter, you know, and had a little cushion for his head and pretty cool little operation, you know, and, and so once she would give him the bath, you know, of course she handed him to me, you know, it's like, here, you take him now. And I'm like, well, he's naked. It's oh yuck. You know, he's all wet. What do I do? You know? And so we were new parents, you know, but then she, she proceeds to dump out the dirty bath water, you know, not that he was that dirty, you know, come out pretty fresh and he didn't get in the mud or anything. So, so not a lot of, wasn't really dirty bath water, but, uh, but we need to be careful. Um, you know, we take the, the, the boy out or the baby out of, of the, the little tub first, and then we throw out the, the refuse, you know, or the, the bath water. And, and I think my first thought was with the defund the police, I think we were, is a little bit of a, uh, you know, uh, a knee jerk reaction uh, to, you know, a bad situation, obviously a bad situation. And I talked to a lot of friends and, and, uh, and I just thought, okay, let's, let's get some facts on the surface. Yeah, there's a problem. There's a big problem here, but uh, let's, let's get the facts and then let's deal with it. Honestly, uh, not just totally purely emotionally, which, which is sometimes what we do. And so, but uh, yeah, yeah, defunding the police to me was like, okay, you have a bad teacher uh, and they, they're, they're very abusive in some way. You don't just you know, shut the school down or get rid of teachers. You specify the problem and then you say, uh-oh, here's a bad apple. They need to be reprimanded or removed. Depends on the offense, you know, but, but be honest. And, and that's the thing of, I always talk about is intellectual honesty. Okay. I don't care if they're my friend or if they're on my team or, or, or the other team, if they're screwing up and they're doing bad things, they need to be reprimanded. They need to be punished. And, and they, and, and whatever the, the issue is, it can be extremely severe and, and, uh, and it should be, you know? So, but yeah, that was my first reaction was now let's, it's ugly. It looks really ugly and it is ugly, but uh, let's get all the facts and then let's, let's see the best route to go, you know, just kind of evaluating, you know, where we're at and what we need to do. But, uh, but yeah, so that was my thinking up front. Well, that's interesting, Dave, because, Ironically, when I first heard the term, I don't even I don't even remember where I was exactly, but when I first heard the term, I had to repeat it several times because I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Are they really are they really saying get rid of police? Like, <laughs> you know, and then and so what what it prompted me to do was take a deeper dive and really to to dig into it and research it and understood what it actually meant. And under what context were they saying defund the police? Because surely my initial reaction was they're talking about getting rid of police. Well, thank goodness we've learned as we have gotten wiser to not just go with our first reaction <laughs> and, and do some research. Because I was like, yeah, that, 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 that's not a smart thing. Why would we really like take away all the funding from the police? So <clears throat> after I researched it, and really educated myself about it, I realized that, that wasn't at all what it was saying. That was not it at all. And I totally misunderstood what defund the police was actually meaning. And so when I look at it even further, so if we look at the Brookings Institute, which is a nonprofit organization that researches mm -hmm. these things, I'm gonna pull up something and uh, give you the actual definition of it. And then we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna 
look at several myths or things that people really thought about defund the police, and we're going to just knock them out of the water. Nice. And so we're going to come out of the water with facts and research, not just my opinions. I've, I've gone elsewhere to get my opinions. People are a lot smarter than me, but I want to make sure we deal with the issue and understand as I tell everybody I work with, I said there are three parts to the story. There's the pretext, the context, and the post-text. And so you you better understand all three. Almost like the precept, the concept, and the post-cept. You, yeah. you gotta understand all three to understand the full, the fullness of the story. Good point. With the concept, then you don't understand the pre-existing conditions that happen that set up the concept. And if you just get the post-cept, then you you've missed the pre and the body of the work. So we have to, anytime there's something that's controversial, we have to make sure we understand the whole story. And it is not just based off emotions, but it's based off facts. So let's look at that today. So let me pull up something uh, and we'll we'll start taking a look at this and I'll put it on the screen so you can see I, as well. Uh, let me pull this up. I think a, a lot, Leslie, I think a lot of uh, maybe uh, reaction was... Um, Maybe the terminology terminology used, sometimes the words we use, uh, they mean so many, um, or, or people take them differently, and, and you may mean something, but but uh, you use a word or a couple words or a phrase, and to somebody else, it's like, whoa, 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 what are you talking about? And so until you get a definition, uh, you got to be careful, you know, but, but I think that wording was pretty, wow, it's pretty hard hitting and, and yeah, it surprising. Is. It's no like, doubt. Really? No doubt. So let's and look like at the said, actual term here. Did I hear here. that right? <laughs> yeah, you're exactly right. Let's look at the exact term. So defund the police. And again, I'm reading from Brookings Institute. Uh, you can find this at brookings.edu. Um, but it says defund the police means reallocating or redirecting funding away from the police department to other government agencies funded by the local municipality. That's it. It's that simple. Defund does not mean abolish policing. And even some who say abolish do not necessarily mean to do away with law enforcement altogether. Rather, they want to see the rotten trees of policing chopped down and fresh roots replanted anew. Camden, New Jersey is a good example. Nearly a decade ago, Camden disabandoned or abolished its police force and dissolved the local police union. This approach seems to be what Minneapolis will do in some form, though the nuances are important. So again, just once you once you look at that, doesn't that give you a, a, a just a deeper perspective in understanding the phrase? Yeah, because they're not you know, they're not just wholesale abolishing, obviously, you know, that'd be dumb. And then it's like, okay, uh, you know, free reign for any scumbag to just go do whatever they want. You know, the, I know criminals would love that, right. <laughs> you right. know, but, uh, and, and we've got to have, uh, you know, we want to live in a civilized society because number one, we want to protect our children. We want to protect our, our wives, our families. And so we need civil order and we need, you know, laws and rules that we can follow um and then but when you have uh certain people in those positions of authority that that they do horrendous things and they they abuse that authority they need to they need to be hammered they need to be um you know targeted to for punishment or whatever uh reprimand but uh, the defunding 
you just need to watch that you don't, um, you know, we don't want to take away uh, so much that they become totally ineffective, you know, so I don't know, uh, you know, I don't know how far they want to go with, with going to other departments uh, with money or other agencies and so forth. I don't know. And the union thing is, is something that'll get me in trouble is I, I think that what happens is when there's a, a bad apple, a lot of times they close ranks around them and they, they try to protect them instead of saying, wait a minute, they're a bad apple. Uh, they've done things over and over and over again. There's been so many complaints about this officer. I don't know what this one guy had. I, I remember he had like 30 some complaints, formal yeah. complaints. Yeah. Well, you have that many formal complaints. Guess how many other complaints went unheard or, or unregistered? And it's like, okay. wait a minute. And it's even like, better yet, if you got 30. Now, let me just ask you something great. If, if I got 30 write-ups and you got 30 write-ups on a job, do we still have a job? I wouldn't have had a job after three. That's my point. And so I think where defund the police comes in, and this is where I'm going to challenge you, and this is where we may disagree, but I think where defund the police comes in is saying, this is a problem. This problem is so big and so massive. It's not just happening in one part of the country. It's not just happening in one police force. It's uniformly across the nation, right? This is happening in little small towns, big cities. It's it's a big problem, massive problem. And sometimes when you have a problem that has not been taken care of for so long, that has gotten to this. If we, if we think of a street that needs to be repaired and they keep patching it, patching it, and they never fully repair it, that street ultimately gets in such a bad condition where they've got to totally tear the whole street. They got to tear the whole road down, the whole road down, and they've got to totally rebuild it and reconstruct it because they can't use any of the material, any of the of what's there because it's all ruined, right? And so because it's not a because it's the bad, the bad components in that construction, even if you try to rebuild it and use the good ones, because the bad ones are so badly damaged, they're gonna damage the good ones. And so I think. When we look at it from defund or looking at it from a black perspective, that's what we're, that's what we see. And we're like, wait a minute, this is not just an isolated problem. And this problem didn't just happen yesterday. This problem has been happening for many years. It has not been addressed, and everything they've tried has not fixed the situation. So we're at a point now in this nation where we're going to have to do something radically different. Are we going to keep getting the same outcome? Now, people like to blame me for this. I didn't create this definition of insanity. You can blame Merriam-Webster, but Merriam-Webster says insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different outcome. <laughs> yep. And at some point, <laughs> at some point, we've got to do something different with our approach to policing and getting them trained and getting them reprimanded. And the whole structure of promotions, we've got to totally revamp that because there's a problem from the ground all the way up to the top. And yeah. so we've, we've got to, we've, and that's what defund simply means. you you got to rebuild that thing. And yeah. written now, a better term would be rebuild, uh, but yeah. but that's really what you're having to do. And two two points there, and I'm going to disagree with you on one thing. I, uh, I agree there's issues whenever people are involved 
there's going to be disagreement. Okay. But I don't agree that every single police department, whether there's one officer or 10 or, or a thousand, that every police department uh, is, is a bunch of jerks or, or a, a vast majority of jerks that, that keep rotten apples and they keep doing bad things. I, I'm going to step up and say, Hey, wait a minute. I think people are people and you give them authority. And sometimes they, they're just, you know, they push that way too much. Now, whether it's in, uh, you know, 50% of, of the police forces or, or, or 20%, I don't know. Now I'm going to say it's probably in um, at least a, a few bad apples. Now here's the problem keeping the bad apples. It's like if you've got cancer in your body, the surgeon doesn't go in and just start cutting stuff out. He goes right to the cancer and cuts it out. And that's what hasn't happened over these years. And that's why, you know, a lot of times it's foundational where they, they close ranks and they protect bad apples and people that are a cancer. And, and then it's foundational, which you're talking about, Hey, you need to rebuild. Well, you've got to have a foundation, okay, of, of rules and guidelines that say, wait a minute, we will not tolerate this kind of behavior, any kind of discrimination or, or ill treatment of anyone. Uh, and, and, and the thing is, we all discriminate. I, I discriminate. I don't like mean people, okay? I discriminate against them. I keep them away from my family <laughs> or my family away from them. But, but yeah, foundationally, we we need uh, to look at structures that work, and if you've got a bad foundation, and, and you can't build on that, so you've you have areas that you're going to have to tear it down and say, okay, here's what we're built on, and this thing. But the thing is, Leslie, we're talking about independent operations everywhere. It's not like the FBI. Okay, the FBI is national. Okay, and so it's controlled centrally. And, and so uh, these sheriff's departments, these city police departments, these state police departments, they're all different. They're all autonomous, uh, so to speak. And, and these little towns, some of these little towns are the worst. Uh, but, but I think we need to be careful uh, that we don't just group all these people in and say, oh, yeah, you know, uh, we just need to tear it all down and, and start again. But we do need a, a foundation and something and, and, and look at areas like you recommended, you know, look at these police departments or these places that that it works and it has worked and they have built a solid uh, foundation to work off of in how to police, you know, in, in a correct way and, and uh, humane. You, you mentioned last week and this is what ticks me off is it's not only physical threat of harm it's mental i mean the 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 you know the the threat of, of you know people just treating you bad and, and you said you know that's psychological you know just demeaning you know that guy coming up there with his gun drawn he was being rude and obnoxious okay unnecessarily okay because he had a pre-existing thought in his mind of who you were you know he, he had prejudged who you were and you were in the wrong neighborhood and whatever else but but uh but i i want to be careful that we don't just say, yeah, it's like churches. It's like, oh, every church is bad. Well, you got bad in every church, okay? You know why? Because you have people in them. <laughs> and we all have different opinions, and we all make mistakes. But we need to be honest and say, this is a cancer. This is a problem. 
let's fix it. And it, they haven't done that. They've covered it over. When I worked for the federal government, a lot of times they said, well, we don't, we don't, we don't fire a, a problem. We just move them. Okay. And so they don't get rid of government employees. They just move them to another location. And it's like, they're a problem, you know, address them, you know? And so, but that's my thinking. So, well, Listen, and that's what we do here. We 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 disagree all the time, as you and I know. We just sure. disagree a bow. Uh, I think, I think, I want you to really hear me because I think we're saying the same thing, but we're just saying it in different ways. And what I'm actually saying is that what if defunding the police? Because we we, I think it's probably the worst terminology for a action that I've ever seen. Like I would have never named it defund the police. Right. Because, because if you take it at its literal word, then it, it, okay, that wasn't the best selection of words. So it wouldn't have been mine. But once you understand what defunding the police could actually mean, then I look at it totally different. I said, well, I agree with you. I'm not saying all apples are bad, but just like I talk about talked about constructing that road when you rebuild something, right? Because you could get a new piece of wood that's already bad and it's still going to make all of the other parts uh, subjected to that because it was bad. So I'm saying, what if defund the police and how you do it takes money that, because all money that's allocated to the police departments is not for police. And that's what that's the misconception. Like there's a lot of money allocated to police departments that don't even touch the police. It has nothing to do with officers on the street. Right. We're talking about the money they get for education, the money they get for community pro, the money they get for doing all, everything other than officers on the street. Right. Sure. So, and that's what a lot of people don't understand. So if you break a police department's budget, it's, those are the monies we're talking about. And what I'm saying to you is obviously the police departments internally, all these individual police departments, if we look at them holistically, right? Yes, there are some that have done very well, but because they're not one agency and they don't leverage best practices, I think it's safe to say that holistically, not all police departments and not even a large majority of police departments have really done a great job at what the problem is, which is rooting out the bad apples, not protecting them, and there's no way in the world that bad apples should be in position to get promoted. And because of the way the structure is set up with unions, sometimes they're protected by the union. So the only way to restructure that thing, you've got to defund certain elements because those elements have too much power and they're able to protect and not let Amen. you out the bad. So I think Amen. when we look at defunding, yes. we probably should, instead of saying defund the police, we should defund certain activities and reassign them outside. Where yeah. it's an independent group that's yeah. not restricted and tied inside the police that can be held accountable that don't have that peer pressure of being inside that can better deal with training, that can better deal with, yeah. with um, uh, corrective action, that can better deal with saying, is this person qualified mentally to actually do this job? And so that's the way I look at it. I think it's much broader than the term. I think where we get uh, kind of crossed are, are we, because here's what happens. We get, we say defund the police and immediately we take sides by nature because of my perspective. I'm sitting in a different way 
you're seeing it as like, okay, man, they're still taking all the money from the police. No. So let's just take that out, out, of, out of play. We're not taking that one officer off the street. We're not affecting no part of that budget. But we're looking at all the auxiliary stuff that has to do with training, has to do with discipline, has to do with psycho-evaluations to make sure that people are mentally have the, the ability to serve in a police role because it is a very tough job. It requires you to be mentally fit. Sure. And we need to make sure yeah. that that is a very strenuous process with a lot of accountability. And it needs to be something that is constantly done and constantly reevaluated. Because right. I might have been mentally fit five years ago, but after five years on the job and the stuff I've seen and endured, endured I might not be mentally fit today. Right. And so we got to look at the whole system in terms of when we say defunded, we're really defunding certain activities to internal groups that haven't done a good job of it and assigning it to another group that has a much better track record of doing a good job of that task. And so, so that way we do get to a place where we're rooting out the bad. We're not, the bad are not protected within the police ranks anymore. The good are protected. So now the good officers have the power and now we get the policing that we desire. That's just my thought on, right. on the police. So and, and I'm I'm with you. I, I just uh, you you made a, a comment about power. You know, you have people in positions of power and they don't want to lose their power and they they they're behind the scenes undermining you know, good policing and, 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 and protecting bad officers. Now let's go into an analogy that we can understand. Okay. Okay. We both love football. Okay. I love football. My wife is, is a huge college football fan. I mean, she could tell you every team in America and all the stats. I mean, she's sharp. She's like, she's like ESPN, man. She's got it all. But but my wife, but but the thing is with, with an NFL team, you watch the Dallas Cowboys, you're in Dallas, you watch the Cowboys play at, or any team. Let me tell you something. They're in the game to win the game. Right. Okay. So I guarantee you, if they got a player that is subpar or not playing to his potential or, or playing a, as good as someone else can play that position, they cut him. I mean, they 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 get rid of him, and I mean, we're talking about cuts all the time. Players are in the middle of season, they're cut. Uh, kickers, a lot of times, you know, they miss three or four field goals, and all of a sudden, you know, it's in their head, and and the coach knows, uh oh, you know, he he needs to go, and they cut him, and and so that's the mentality we need to have um, with, I think, police, well, and government in general is, if you're hurting the team, okay and you can't perform your duties, you need to be cut. And I mean, we're talking about savage <laughs> cut. I mean, I, sh- I, d- I shouldn't say it that way, but I'm just saying like an amputation uh, of, of a, a limb that's got gangrene. Because if you don't, that's going to continue to eat up your arm and then you're going to die. The whole body's going to die. And if we keep putting up with weak players and bad players, uh, you know, they won't allow that in the, in the NFL. I mean, they're going to cut them. They're going to cut them because they want to win. Well, we as as communities, we should require the same. We want to win. We want our school safe. We want our family safe, our community safe. We want to have the best policing possible. We don't want people harassed 
or, or unlawfully, you know, uh, just randomly stopped and, and harassed over stuff or, or, or threatened in any way. It's ridiculous. But we need to be savage and, and strong and, and self-directed against bad apples and, and, and stand up and just cut them out. I mean, just cut them. They don't need to be on the team. And, and, and maybe it's a situation like you said, okay, they're in five years and they were fit mentally at the time, but then after five years, okay, they've gone through a divorce or they've had financial problems. Okay. And then they become very vulnerable mentally and thus physically to, and become a harm uh, to the public, sure. to themselves, to, to whoever, because it is a stressful job. Sure. Well, I mean, it could just be the stuff that they've seen on the job in five years. Yeah, exactly. I, my first degree was in law enforcement. I actually have a law enforcement degree. And I used to patrol with uh, the, the, the county sheriff's department, the state troopers, the conservation officers or game wardens. And that was my degree, conservation law, uh, law enforcement. And um, and I realized pretty quickly, ah, that's not for Dave Wadsworth. I, I just, uh, well, and, and conservation officers, uh, Leslie, what happens is, they're basically out there enforcing game laws, hunters and, and fishermen right. and all that. Right. And so essentially 90% of the people that you come in contact with either have a gun or a knife or both 90%. Okay. And you're out in the middle of nowhere, out in the boonies, you know, in, in the, in the dark when they're poaching deer or whatever they're doing and they may be high on marijuana or whatever. And, and you don't have any backup for, five miles or 10 miles. It's not like a city department where, yeah, in three minutes, somebody's there, you know, another right. squad car. And so you talk about stressful, that, that was crazy. And I said, you know what, I'm too nice of a guy to get involved in that. And, and it takes a special person, like you said, you know, mentally, you, it takes a special person to be able to do that because um, uh, to balance, you know, you're carrying lethal force on your body. And, and, and you're, you're, you're required to make split decisions because especially if you got 90% of your contacts have guns or knives or both, you know, that's, that's crazy. And, and so, no doubt, no doubt. I, I agree with you. And I, so here's, here's what I want our audience to realize here. So even though, and Dave and I went dead in and tackle it. And so what, what you find is that if you really listen to what we're both saying, it's very similar. Right. But if you also, I want you to see where the disagreement happens, where the space happens, particularly from a black and white perspective, sometimes, not all of the times, but let's look at where it happened between me and Dave. And we had to talk through it because still it's the language. When you hear the word defund the police, it makes you think we're trying to take funding away from the police. And what you naturally think is, you think about the physical officers that are on the street that you see that we literally going to take them off the street. Okay. In further talking, once I explain to Dave my perspective of what I'm defunding the police, we're not touching that one officer on the street, but we're looking at how they train them. We're looking at how do they recertify them. We're looking at how they handle the disciplinary action. We look at what kind of community programs the police are doing where they're going out and helping the community. Is that better led by the police? Is that better led by the YMCA or the Boys and Girls Club that work with these type of kids and communities every day and partner with the police and bring them together? Good I don't know, but what I'm saying, I don't know of a police department in the world 
that has trained officers that was trained in youth service work, particularly with at-risk kids. But I know plenty of people at Boys and Girls Club and YMCI because that's their whole life, and they work in that every day. So you tell me who's better fit. Where does that money need to go? Does it really need to go to the police department to do their work? Or does it need to go over here in a collaborative way where you bring the police in, but they don't need to be running it because that's not what they do. I'm just giving ideas here. But when you listen to us, you find after a while, I'm like, hey, Dave, you and I are really saying the same thing. So I want you to not think about the fund of police for a second and just hear what I'm saying. And then you'll realize we're saying the same exact thing. Yeah. And so I want to, and I think that doesn't happen. And that's why we're encouraging black and white men to talk, right. to have the tough conversations. Yeah, you're going to disagree on some stuff, but you're going to find out you're going to agree on a lot more than you disagree with if you have real conversations and you're not afraid to disagree and to really keep talking and talk through it. So I want to bring up some some myths. We're going to go through seven common myths. And, and some of these have come up in the conversation that Dave and I have just been having and probably is going to come up in the conversations you have. So let me bring these up. So myth one uh, says the fun means abolish. The fun, the police means abolish the police. That's the first myth. This is not true. Uh, one of the most misleading critiques of the movement is instigating the fun means abolish. Opposers claim the movement undermines public safety through its efforts to end policing. The truth, I will repeat, the truth is the movement seeks to demilitarize police departments and reallocate funding to train mental health workers and social workers to reduce unnecessary violent encounters between police and citizens. At least 13 cities in the United States have currently engaged in policy programs to defund the police in this manner. That's the first myth. And that goes back to what I was saying. Go ahead, Dave. Can I interject on yep. there? Okay. And I think some of the thinking was, okay, it's like, okay, so you're going to have, you're going to take police officers off the street. You're going to give that money to a social worker. And when you have a, a domestic disturbance, uh, where a husband is 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 beating his wife or, or abusing his wife, whatever, you're going to send a social worker out there to to take care of that, and it's and you're thinking, wait a minute, that that's one of the most intimidating. I've talked to officers, and they said, you know, one of the worst situations I ever go into, which can be the most volatile and the most dangerous, is domestic disputes, because they're so emotionally charged. And, and you never know what's going to come out, uh, you know, the situation and stuff. So I think not only uh, did people like me, I don't know who that is, just just a, a common person saying defund. OK, that means you take away their money. Uh, not only you do that, then you give it to, to health uh, professionals or, or healthcare workers, which I can understand. They can do a lot to help you like you were describing. But we've got to be careful. Um because I kept thinking, wait a minute, you know, you're going to take that police officer and then you're going to do this. And, and it just didn't make sense. And the two together, it's like, okay, that's strike two. This is not a good thing. Uh, but we need to, that's where we need to talk. If agencies need to talk, the different resources need to talk. 
We need to take expertise from these mental health workers because and social workers because they deal with these uh, dysfunctional families and these family units all the time, and they understand that. Where a police officer, how much training does he have with these kind of families, these broken families and these situations? And and um, it's one of the best things we can do for a lot of these officers is have help there somehow. You know, say, hey, wait, this is a situation we're dealing with. How can you advise or train or help me uh, as an officer get, you know, deal with this kind of stuff? You know, so, yeah, I'm with you there. No, yeah. And listen, I, I was one of those ones that said the same thing, too. And I think nobody's saying that's what I mean. That's a myth. Nobody's saying you're going to take the officer on the street. But what we're saying is you burn sure better have some trained people that can train officers and be with them that they can have a resource that can help them deal with these situations because we're setting them up for failure. They're not trained to go into that situation and deal with this broken home. So guess what? Police are trained in a different kind of way. So when they enact that, that incites violence. And so, so again, you've got, just like you have to give police the necessary guns, the necessary vests, the necessary equipment they need, you also have to give them other stuff that they need. Yes, I which mean, may be just as valuable. Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's go to the second myth here. Um, what do you know, Dave? And I agreed on something. How about that? Defunding hey. um, <laughs> will lead to disorder. Oh, this is a common one. Yeah, I hear this a lot. If you defund the police, you're going to have chaos, right? That's that's a big one. Look, even I thought that, right? You defund the police, you're going to have chaos. Yeah, so I could. I was curious to see what the what the research showed here, and what it said is another misconception is that police forces are what maintains order. However, studies have found that the best tools to establish peaceful societies are equity in education and infrastructure. Indeed, research shows a lack of education and illiteracy are some of the most significant predictors of future prison populations. Listen. I can speak on that one because 33% of all black males are incarcerated. I'm a yeah. black male. So that means right out the bat, <laughs> we we down 33%. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Now, let me tell you just how big that is. That's 33% of no fathers to guide these young men that they got at home that we often see are going to be in this situation of at risk youth. Right? Rich, in my opinion, that is probably the, the biggest contributor to uh, a community, a society breaking down is the lack of two-parent households um, where the father is gone or the mother is gone, but more normally it's a father being gone. Right. Okay. And I don't care if you're black, white, you know, blue, green, or orange, it doesn't matter. If you don't have that, that uh, co-parenting where you've got a father who's, you know, we're different, men are different than women. Okay. Yep men are more of the protector, uh, more of the, of the, uh, the, I guess the masculine side where we are there to make sure that, that our family is safe. Uh, we want to be a provider. We want to give value in that way uh, where a woman is more of a nurturer. A mother is a more of a nurturing person. And we, we both have extreme value in, in, in that family. And, and when those fathers are taken away, either voluntarily they leave or uh, through you know incidents where they're put in prison, you 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 have the beginning of a, of a foundation, which in my opinion is a family, 
crumbling. And and when that happens, it's just oh my goodness, it's it's Katie bar the door. Then anything can happen. It's just chaos, basically. I agree. I agree. We're gonna yeah. get through this pretty quickly because I know. We're Sorry, gonna, I get to I know, this is a hot. This is a hot matter. I agree <laughs> with you on that. I think equity in education infrastructure is so critical um, because look, I think it's directly proportionate. And you look at the statistics, you're gonna see a direct line to lack of education and equity in education is what I mean. So here's how that breaks down. We know how it works. If if you got a poor or depressed economic neighborhood, the tax base is not the same. The schools don't have the same resources. They don't have the same type of teachers. And if they have good teachers, they don't have the resources. They don't pay them the same. So, so what happens, right? When we talk about equity in education, we all do it. I live where I live to put my child in the best possible school district. But the only reason I can do that through education, I can afford to do that, but not everybody can. So equity in education means everybody has a fair shot at that, right? And it's critical. Education is critical. Our system and how we work, right? It shouldn't be. If we're all one school system in the county, I don't care if you're tax, but it shouldn't be that one school in the district has it and another school doesn't. Right. Not even in the same district. That shouldn't happen. Right. But I, it's yeah. happening. And so we look at our infrastructure, that 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 causes problems. And so uh the, the, you know, I, I it reminds me of two things I always say. Uh you have the lack of education, but then you have illiteracy, which is down here. Illiteracy is the silent killer because sure here's what i tell people about education if you desire education you can go get it because you got the internet now you can go get education but illiteracy is a definition yeah right you need some help with that because that means you're not even equipped in a position that you can just go get it you need some help so we gotta have an infrastructure that supports that so illiteracy to me um, really drive some of the, the chronic problems that we see in any depressed community. Right. right? So now you got you got the breakdown of the house. If the father is not there, watch this now. Why, let me show you this dynamic. And I can look at it particularly in the African-American household. If the father is not there, and let's just say that mother, they don't have a good relationship, so there's no loving language between the mom and that child's father, so now if you're raising a young man, the young man is having to try to imagine what it means to be a man. Right. Okay? Right. And all they wrapped up in all the pain they have of never knowing a father, knowing what it's like to really be a man. Yeah. So what happens is the street and the negative influence of the street step in and say, hey, look, man, I'm going to take some money, go get your family some food, get put some groceries for your mom in the refrigerator. And I started luring you in. And because you've never had that love, particularly from the male, male side, then that's a natural attraction for you. Sure. Once that was lures you into that type of life. If you have that father figure, you have those research, you are less, highly less likely to go down that road because that's not going to be a lure for you because you've always had it. Right. And so that's that's one of the avenues there so i think that's very important when we look at education so i agree with you that that's one of the biggest problems because i think that and the breakdown of um 
particularly in the black community, of the male not being in the home. Yeah. I, and even like, if you're not together, you can still be involved in that child's life. So I'm talking about where the male cannot be involved through either through incarceration or through choice. That's the breakdown of that home, and it creates a cycle that just, just compounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These I'm schools, pretty- having schools in the same district or community, and, and there is not uh equality in there where they get the same resources and 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 they get treated the same see that's total bull crap I, that's just it's it's wrong there's no way you can justify that no way and you say well they don't have the 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 test scores well how are they going to get the good test scores if you if they don't have the resources or they don't have the quality teachers uh now some of it comes back to uh you know discipline issues i know in all schools, uh, well, I shouldn't say that's too general. Um, in a lot of schools today, there's not, they don't have the, the authority to discipline mm-hmm. like they used to. Uh, yeah. Used to. Uh, and uh, they, not, you know, we keep, we keep it real on here. Let's just say there's no, there's no more paddlings or none of that in the school. <laughs> like, like um, I, I never got, got one, but I deserved them. <laughs> I got my share of them and obviously I needed them, but I turned out okay. So I, yeah. I can only imagine that if I didn't get them, I might be in a, I might be a little bit different. So I appreciate them now. Yeah. Yeah. But I want the teachers to have the opportunity. I want the other students to not be intimidated and, 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 and lose that opportunity to learn because education to me is the foundation of a strong society, uh, you know, for their children. Okay. Now the family is number one, but the education of the children is the goal of everyone. I don't know who doesn't want that as, as a, a parent, you know, it's like that doesn't work. So yeah, yeah. go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, move on. So I'm just going to knock out these other myths. The number three is police protect public from violence. Um, and actually the research shows uh, that the police movement uh, assert that we need heavily funded and armed police forces to protect the public from violent criminal elements. However, there isn't sufficient data to support that position. In fact, research has found that police don't have a notoriously efficient track record of solving violent crime. Further, what the research does show is that 70% of robberies, 66% of rapes, 47% of aggravated assaults, and 38% of murders go unsolved each year. And what that's essentially saying is that the public protects the public, but the police are there to help guide it, but they can't do that by themselves. No, no, it's it's every citizen. If we count on the police to protect us from, from violence, then we'll never win. That's why the numbers show that. The police can't do that on their own. It takes a whole community. Uh, I, to, to I help guarantee you. To be able to do that. It takes all of us. It does. It takes, and it takes a, a community uh, standards that, that we expect you know, our community to be safe. Well, you got to be vigilant. Okay. You see something going on, you report it, or you say something to whoever can do something about it. You know, you right. stop it, you nip it in the bud. And, and it's a community expectation of we want a safe community. Okay. And it's everybody's job, everybody to do that. So I yeah, agree. I'm with you. number four, it says commit for community programs don't work. And it says, while much of the available research contradicts the narrative that policing is essential to eliminating crime, substantial evidence shows that investing, developing, and supporting education and economic programs do, in fact, lead to less offenses and create more social harmony. 
You and I just say that. <laughs> you know, education has long been viewed as a great equalizer. It is, yep. I, you know, um, and so that's no secret there. So people say people like to say community programs won't work. That's not true. I'm a product of one, and and it helped me in so many ways because I was around kids that had more than me. I was around kids that had less than me. But so those community programs work because it neutralizes everything. So a lot yes. of times, my father that I was fortunate enough to have became father to so many others through mentorship and things of that nature. So yes, they work. I'm a product of one. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. um, and then most police work is focused on crime prevention. Man, you know, I, I think any police will tell you that. They wish most of their work was focused on crime prevention. Mm -hmm. No, most of their work is reacting to crime that has already happened. Exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. you know, that's what the evidence shows. But the myth is people say, no, nah, we can't defund the police because they're the ones that all that work go to crime prevention. No, no, no. no. Most of their work is no. responding to crime. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then myth six, police officers do not need college degrees. It says, uh, I hadn't thought about this one, but this was one of the common things people said. And it says research shows police officers that have at least two years of a college education are less likely to have misconduct complaints and less likely to use force to gain compliance. And officers with only high school diplomas account for 75% of disciplinary problems. That's huge. Those reform efforts should not ignore the application pool crisis and law enforcement, law enforcement departments should still in, should instill more robust higher education standards. So that's interesting. Somebody didn't even know well, I did the research on that. Okay, facts are facts. Okay, let's go. Seventy five percent of the problems are from the uh, the non college degree or the higher educated uh, officers. Okay, that's pretty glaring to me. Okay, that tells you a lot right there. And what we talked about on the last episode, you said you shouldn't have a, a young officer or two young officers together. You've got, you know, blind leading the blind, I guess, so to speak, because they don't have the experience and the maturity to deal with all these situations. Same with this. College does a couple different things. You learn how to um, to socialize and, and, and get along with people, which is huge in college. You learn how to be disciplined and accountable in college, and, and you just you see a different world than maybe your little closed community when you go to college because you meet different friends like you and I, Leslie. Okay. We're so different. You know, you look at your tan and my tan, I, you know, not, not the same, right. but we fall together and we talk and, and I understand you got problems. I got problems and together we grow because I learn more about you. You learn more about me and you understand. Okay. That's why Dave's a little odd because of this. <laughs> he thinks this or he comes from that, but, but uh, huge, that is right. huge. So 75% should just say, yeah, we need to do something. Yeah. And then the last one says, last one, and we'll get out of here um, is defunding the police as a knee jerk reaction with no research. Um, and it, it says some opponents of cutting police budgets view the movement as an emotional response to police misconduct rather than well thought out campaign. However, a study with 60 years of data indicates that increases in spending do not reduce crime, which begs the question, how is 60 years of, fail, of a failed objective any better? Yes, the movement gained attention because of tragic events in 2020, 
but the evidence supporting the movement is based on hard data and proven methods. So what we're saying to people, this is not a knee-jerk reaction of just looking at 2020 or looking at one incident. This is looking at 60 years. So that means in 60 years, you can get trends. You can get comprehensive data. And the data that I always tell people, men lie, women lie, numbers don't. <laughs> it's just they are what they are. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. and so they don't have any emotions. They just yeah. numbers. And so yeah. they just tell the story. Whether you like it or don't like it, they're gonna tell the story. And so yeah. we all have to realize that. And so and I think this is this is a good point here. Uh, increases in spending uh, do not reduce crime. Well, like we talked about, crime reduction is everyone's problem, okay? It's not just the police. So you can spend more money on police officers. You can have a whole lot more out there on the street. It doesn't matter on the crime. If you've got a community that's apathetic, it's like, we don't really care. What we, can we do? Well, you need to have that mindset. Wait a minute. My neighbor's children are my children. Okay. I mean, if my, if my neighbor's kids are in, in danger, okay, who's coming next? My kids. Okay. So I need to be concerned about the least of these people that across town that are being harassed or, or, you know, being mistreated. I need to be concerned about that because it's just going to spread and then it'll come on my doorstep. And so I need to be concerned about everyone in my community and I need to be a part of the solution and not a part of the problem where I just say, oh, I can't do anything. It's a police's problem. No, it's not. It is not. And I don't care how much money you spend on police. Same as education. You know, you can give certain schools uh, more money and more money, but if they're not using those funds in, in, a, in a, a directed way that that help to, to really build up those students, you know, I've seen situations where the administration takes so much of the money and they allocate it a certain way and, and there's so much a little amount to the kids and to the actual teachers in the classroom or training or whatever. It breaks my heart. It really does. And um, so it does. Good point. And I think that's a good point to stick a pin in it. And guys, uh, we continue this conversation. Again, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Listen Notes, Breaker, just about anywhere you can find a podcast. You can find us. You can also go to podcast.blackandwhitemantalking.com. Look, tune into us, share it, share it with your friends, share it with everybody you know. I hope you're having your own conversations and we're working together to truly change the world that we live in because it gets so much better when we're taught, particularly when black and white men are talking and having a genuine conversation. That's so right. That being said, we're going to be out. We'll see you on the next episode.